Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. And today is Tuesday, July 10th, 2018, the 7 a.m. meeting. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 83. We will be Beginning with the fourth paragraph, if we are painstaking, we will be reading through some more of the promises. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Sage S., the 12 Traditions, Toby K. Our text readers are Rachel W., Russ M., Melissa C., the newcomer greeter for today is Judith R., and the host for the second hour is Craig F., and the reference number or share ID for yesterday, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 11,636, 11636. And the share ID for yesterday, Monday, July 9th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 11,638, 11638. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, (coughs) OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Sage S to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Hi, this is Sage S. from Arizona. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. HS. I will now ask Toby K. to read the 12 Traditions of OA for us, please. Toby, star one to unmute. We can't hear you. Hi, this is Toby K. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, Tradition one. Our common welfare should never, I'm sorry, our common welfare welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends uh, upon OA unity. For our group, uh, Tradition 2, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating, overeating. Tradition four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message of the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from my primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or communities, I'm sorry, service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations property is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Toby Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you share and be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter into action. We are on we are starting on page 83, the fourth paragraph. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development and we are reading through through the seventh sentence which says we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. We will be taking comments on sentence four through seven this morning. And with that, I am going to ask Rachel W. if she would read for us, please. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for your service. And this is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Um, That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. So I'm really so grateful to be on the line today, especially reading this. I mean, every word in the big book speaks to me so so loudly. But comprehending the word serenity, I, I never knew serenity till quite recently, actually, because for so long, you know, I just had chatter in my head. And that's, someone's unmuted, by the way. I just had chatter in my head, and I could not hear anything or think of anything else except my own my own motives. And um, there was just a lot of chatter, a lot of stuff I didn't want to feel, right? And that's, that's the nature of becoming an addict. My, my main problem is an acceptance issue. Like, I, I have a hard time accepting life. And, 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 and especially when it was rooted, when my, you know, um, there were a lot of things about my life when I was younger that were very difficult to uh, accept. However, um, you know, my journey into becoming an addict meant that I didn't want to feel. So all these, all these, all this thing about knowing peace, I was always searching for that in, in another, some other way, um, and especially in the food. And, and yet I'm told here that no matter how far I, I went, you know, that means right now, anyone listening right now, because I used to do this, anyone listening now that might have crumbs in their chin or just got over a pinch, um, me sitting in a dark room with Costco cookies, you know, shoving them in my mouth or, or sit, you know, hiding food or doing all these crazy things, those experiences could actually benefit other people. Now, how is that? You know, the way it benefits other people is because of these steps. Like taking, you know, being painstaking means bringing these steps into my life and truly leaning into them and, and coming out on the other side into step 12 where I realized my higher power was with me all along and I became useful. I actually became, you know, how do you go from being, you know, that person binging to someone who's actually useful on the line today reading this? 
it's quite a miracle, and it's a result of these steps. And, and especially the, the, I just want to say also the idea about losing interest in selfish things. Again, it was all about me. And even in recovering, even in sobriety, sometimes it could be all about me. But today, I have a way of looking at myself, and I have a way of looking at all these other addictions. You know, I found that money was a big challenge for me, you know, becoming honest with how I was earning it and how I was spending it and what I was doing with it. And it took a long time, but over time I got, I, I got honest and I, and I got into a place where I could actually look at these things and, and, you know, go to my um, network and, and really have a transformation even there, you know, in, in every way, in every arena of that, my life. Um, so these steps are just so miraculous, leaning into them every day. Absolutely. Um, takes me out of myself and brings me into <coughs> service to others. And um, there is no greater, greater miracle than that. And I'm just really grateful. So um, with that, I'll, I'll end. And thank you so much for allowing me to be a service today. Take care. Thank you, Rachel W. And for those who may have just come on, we are on the bottom of 83 through 84. We are reading through. We are taking comments on sentence four through seven of the promises that begin, we will comprehend through gain interest in ourselves. And who would like to share this morning? This is Peggy Matt. from Boston. Matt M. New Jersey. Gotcha, Matt. Chrissy G. Okay. Chrissy. Melissa C. Melissa. Richard B. Richard. Okay, this is what I got. Matt M., Katie G., Chrissy G., Melissa C., Richard B. Matt, you're up. You're going to hear a beeping from a microwave in a minute, so just ignore that. I just want to make sure I told everybody. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater uh, from New Jersey. Um, the, 12, the 12 traditions are very nine-step promises and traditions. Excuse me. The nine-step promises are very important to me because, you know, when I was in the food, with my sponsor, we went over the promises when I was talking to him the very first day I spoke to him. He, we went over them. He, he asked me the promises one by one. And he said, does the food help you with this promise and this promise? And for most, for most of the promises, yes. The ninth step promises, by being in the food, I can still get most of those promises by being in the food. The tenth step promises, that's another thing entirely. But for the ninth step promises, except for two, were yes, 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 yes across the board, which means that if I stop at step, if I stop at step nine, I'll never get those promises that are so be given to everybody else once they finish the work. I can still stay stuck in the food and still get some of those promises listed. And um, I really liked the, the promise where it talks about, like, you know, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we'll see our experience to benefit others. Like, you know, my experience is unique to me, and I thought, you know, all the times I've been in and out of relapse, all the times of the up and down on the scale, the weight gain I've gone, I, I thought I didn't have anything to offer anybody. But I realized my story is unique to me, and what I have to offer is different from somebody else who hasn't been like where I am. So I, I, I come from big numbers. I come from a, um, a background where it's like a lot different from some people, and I'm grateful that I can share it once I have my recovery under my belt, which I don't yet. But I do want to have these kinds of promises. I want to feel free from the food. I want to feel neutral when it comes to the food. I'm not there yet, but I'm working through the big book with my sponsor, and we're going through it at a nice pace, about a chapter every week, and uh, I feel like I'm getting somewhere for the first time. You know, I've had tons of sponsors over the years, and this is the first time I feel like I'm getting somewhere in the book. So I'm grateful that just for today, if I keep going the way I'm going, I'll be able to get what I've, what I've been so freely been given by other people in the room. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Katie G., you're mm -hmm. up, and then it'll be Chrissy G. Good morning, Ms. Monica. Good morning, my fellow. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. And yeah, I'm 
have a new experience with the, these promises because they can sound really old to me because I've been listening to them for so long, but almost like a challenge. Like, Katie G, um, how's that word serenity going for you? Are you comprehending it? Are you knowing peace? And um, recently in the last three months, I've had a, a real deep spiritual awakening, um, understanding that I have used a methodology of our program, so our Step 10, um, our Step 11, um, to I've abused it, like I've abused other things in my life, and I wasn't comprehending the word serenity, and I was doing so many Step 10s that I was still focused on me, and I was useless, and I spent lots and lots of time looking at where my selfishness on itself, thinking and afraid, and, um, you know, like, I mean, I'm an addict, right, so I'll use anything, I'll use anything, and I got further and further away from, you know, our primary purpose, right, which is to stay abstinent for me and, and to help other women and um, to lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows, and, um, you know, today, thank you, God, like, I'm learning what the word serenity is, and um, I, I know that I have an internal problem, right, and I have an internal solution, and the only way to get peace is to go inside, is <clears throat> to pause when agitated or doubtful, to not necessarily do 10 more 10 steps and call 15 more people to help me understand how to let go, right? There's a, there's a deeper letting go here that needs to happen for me because otherwise I'm back in self-pity, which you know, <clears throat> literally means uh, dwelling on my own sorrows or misfortune. What I will say that I'm truly grateful for is that I know that whenever I have a problem, what I need to do is steer so far away from KDG from Boston that I lose me, right? Like whatever my problem is, I can help others. If I am just abstinent, you know, today for one day, I can call a newcomer and say, hey, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. Or for me, like I've been abstinent a couple, several years now, and it's like I can call a newcomer. I can call someone in relapse. I can call somebody who I haven't heard on the line before. And the amazing thing is like I would say most of the time I know that the answer is not sitting in a room and focusing on me and KDG. And what I find is that the things that I give to God, my favorite promise in the program, the things that I give to God are better than I can imagine. And how do I do that? I need a new experience with God. I need to keep asking myself the hard, pro the hard questions. Where am I with my powerlessness right now? Where am I with my serenity? Am I helping others? Am I, you know, thoroughly understanding the primary purpose of this program? So what a gift to keep showing up and keep learning one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Chrissy G, it's your turn, and then it'll be Melissa C. Yes, good morning. Hi, it's Chrissy G from New York. And I um I remember early on listening to these promises and just thinking that it it was um a fantasy. It was something that um was like me saying that I wanted to, you know, climb Mount Everest. You know, it was like uh they were they were pie in the sky ideals, you know, serenity. I, I had so much noise in my head. When I first came in, I, I didn't, I couldn't even imagine. And I didn't know, I didn't know that, you know, the process of, of working through the steps and, and really letting go of my resentments and really letting go of, 
my idea of the way life should be. Because that was the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. The biggest the biggest spiritual awakening and the really impetus for the floodgates to open to these step, to these promises for me was was really to see how my thinking twisted <coughs> and to come somebody's unmuted and to come at to full circle with probably the way I originally I I believe that we're we're born we're we're not born with all these um mis misdirected belief systems I I really believe it's it's what what's absorbed by the people around you when you're growing up. I mean, that's the way I could see it and not that they're wrong or it's their fault, but it's just been, it's, it's our um, legacy. It's handed down to us, you know, from their parents to their parents. And, you know, I really thought that getting what I wanted was the end and aim of life. And that's what brought serenity and peace and happiness. And, and boy, I I couldn't I couldn't have been more wrong because losing at 4 years ago just like losing everything my business my marriage um a huge portion of my friends um was the biggest turning point towards peace and happiness in my life that I've ever experienced and and I know the truth about these steps, I know that they really do come true. If you work them, I know it. I know it like I know that the sky is blue. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Melissa C., you're up, and then it'll be Richard B. Hi. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered. Compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so... Like serenity, like I did not understand what that word, um, what it really meant, that that it's calm, that it's untroubled and undisturbed. Um, You know, my, any time I was calm or untroubled or undisturbed, I was um, either taking a few bites, you know, because that gave me that calm and undisturbed feeling. Um, or everything was um, going to be perfect. Like, those were my only two options to get um, serene. And, you know, if you live in reality, everything isn't ever going to be perfect. Um, you know, and, and the other like, thing that jumped out at me was um, that my experience is a benefit, you know, that it's, it's a gift, <laughs> um, and it's an advantage, you know, like, like what is a benefit? It's a great advantage um, for other people, you know, um, that all of the things that I've gone through um, are good. You know, like I don't have to feel bad about anything that I've experienced or anything that I've done um, because if I'm living in agreement with the steps, um then all of these experiences are useful and helpful and they're a gift for other people. Um, you know, and uselessness is not fulfilling my intended purpose. And so um, that was my life before. I was not fulfilling my intended purpose. Um, 
I had no idea what my intended purpose was. I thought, I thought my purpose as a human being was getting happy, you know, was getting uh, comfortable, and um, that's not useful. You know, that, that is actually uselessness. Just getting what you want um, isn't beneficial for anybody. You know, and the other thing is about the self-pity. You know, when I, when I came here, um, I was grief-stricken. Like, we had experienced tremendous loss, and I did not understand what it meant to be grieving versus self-pity. And there's a huge difference. You know, we can hear it when people in our program suffer losses and they don't go into self-pity. You know, if you're in self-pity, it's a self-absorbed unhappiness. There's no room for anyone to comfort you. Your grieving is everything. You push people away. It's a selfish sadness. And uh, that is not the way I live any longer. I can still feel sad about things, but it's very different from self-pity. Even grief can be a benefit for others. Um, Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C., and I want to apologize for the background noise that was coming from me since my little mute button has decided not to work. <laughs> okay, Richard B., it's your turn. Thank you, and thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name's Richard B., and I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Ireland. And I love these three sentences. Um, sorry, a few sentences. I've lost count. Sorry. It's still early in my head. Um, Okay, comprehend. I looked up the definition, and it means grasp mentally and understand. So when I was in the food, how on earth could I grasp something uh, mentally, grasp serenity? How could I understand it? I just, you know, I couldn't. Um, I was still eating on everything around me. I was still eating on my emotions. That doesn't grasp any serenity for me. The only thing I was grasping was the next trigger food. So it was only when I put down the food and develop a conscious contact with my higher power that I was able to grasp any form of serenity. And I gained that through doing my inventory and making amends and becoming aware of my character defects. So I needed to clean house in order to do that. But seeing how my experience could benefit others was something, it doesn't have to happen around the food. It could happen around anything. Like really early this year, um, I injured my back and I, I am still waiting for a procedure next week for that. But my wife injured her back in exactly the same way about 10 days after I did. And we were both crippled in the house and she was in and out of hospital and in bed confined to the bed and I couldn't do anything and we had two puppies that needed care and it was it was hell and I was going into the self-pity and I was talking to my best friend who was also in program and she was saying to me one day your experience will benefit others and wouldn't you know a couple of months later she had a knee, knee operation her husband had a fall and broke his leg And they were in exact same situation where they were in the house together, not being able to do anything, struggling to cope. And it was me that was called on for fellowship. Um, 
And she said to me, see, I knew you would have experience one day to benefit others. Uh, gaining interest in our fellows is something I didn't want to know about. I didn't really care about that part of the promise years ago. It's something I developed over the years of in, being in program. Um, but it was still fairly recent. Like, who cares about gaining interest in other people? I just wanted to care about myself. And now, putting down the food, working the program, I care about uh, those around me. I care about other people. And that's a big thing for me because I'm a real selfish person. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. And I will, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Richard B. And for those who may have just come on, we are taking comments on page, on the bottom of page 83, the fourth sentence, we will comprehend the word serenity through the seventh sentence. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in ourselves. And who else would like to comment this morning? Marcella M. Kelly S. I heard Marcella, I heard Kelly, and I think there was a gentleman in between. Pete B. Pete. Okay, gotcha. Who else? Leah M. Leah. Okay, let's go with that for now. Marcella, Pete B, Kelly S, Leah M, and Marcella, I didn't get your last initial, sorry. That's okay. It's M, Marcella M. Um, thank you so much for your service. My name is Marcella M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. To lose interest in myself and to gain interest in others. Uh, when I was in the food, I was consumed by my personal troubles. Consumed. And I would go to the therapist to focus on myself and get a little more obsessed with myself. And I would, would go to prayer and pray only for myself. And I would ask, you know, for forgiveness and for guidance. But it was only me and me and me. And I was miserable and hungry. And I would, the only thing I could think is I'm doomed to die obese and, and alone and, and misunderstood and isolated and hungry, and hungry, starving in my mind. And as soon as I um, started working this program and studying the big book and being sponsored and sponsored other people, the whole entire wide world opened in front of me. And now I have sincere interest in others, beginning that I was able to perceive others with me. Because before that, my whole entire universe was me. I was trapped in myself. And um, this morning, um, because I speak Spanish too, I have sponsees in Spanish in many countries in the world. Um, a group of women from Venezuela, they contacted me. And um, I have sincere interest in their reality. They are abstinent. They are entirely abstinent. They recover. They work in the steps. And they don't have access to animal protein because Venezuela is in a deep financial crisis and and they don't have access to the food that I take for granted, my abstinent food, I sincerely became interested in their situation and in their condition. And together we started asking around to people who know how to count, make you know the, the, the grains that they have access to. And I mean, things that I would never do for anybody else but me, unsuccessfully, by the way. And I had the most productive morning and I felt relevant, and I felt useful, and I was 
so appreciative of my abstinent food because here in America, I'm never hungry and I eat whatever abstinent food I want. And that is a completely radical change in my perspective. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Marcella M. Pete B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Kelly S. Thank you, moderator. Are you able to hear me okay? <clears throat> yes, I can. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And thanks for taking the meeting. And I uh, heard a lot of really good things, you know, this morning. And always hear a lot of good things on this meeting. And I always like to point out that it says we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. It doesn't say that we're going to be serene and we're going to be peaceful. You know, because I worked this process pretty rigorously. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel serene 100% of the time. And I didn't would necessarily know peace or, or, or uh, wasn't necessarily peaceful all of the time. You know, what this, what, what this was was a, a enough, enough knowledge and a little bit of experience with these two things, serenity and peace, to get me to keep going, to get me to keep digging, to get me to move on to the 10th step to start incorporating the 11th step and the 12th step into my life. And, you know, so it was almost like, it was almost like the carrot that dangled in front of the horse. You know, it gave me, it gave me something to strive for. I had periods of this and, and that had a lot to do with the things going on in my life. But I, I like what, you know, when I came into 12 step recovery program, you know, the fact that I would lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in my fellows was not necessarily what I came here for. You know what I mean? Like I'm selfish, self-centered and self-seeking to the extreme. And that the fact that I'm going to start being able to help people was not good news, you know, and and by working this program, by applying it almost in disbelief, all of that, all of that self being consumed with self slowly started to dissipate. And I began to gain interest and I get, began to see that my experience could benefit others. I began to see that I could actually take interest in somebody else's recovery and see if I could possibly be a good example. I started to become aware of my behavior and, how I, and, and, and realizing how my behavior is going to influence all of those about me, people in recovery and outside of recovery. So I just, you know, if, any, if anybody's out there and, you, and you know, you're not feeling necessarily serene and peaceful, you know, all this is saying is that you're going to comprehend the word serenity. There's lots of words I comprehend. It doesn't mean I am those words. You know, there's lots of things I know. It doesn't mean I am those things, right? So, so I'm aware of those things, and uh, it gets greater later. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Kelly S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Leah M. Thank you, um, Monica, for your service. This is Kelly S. Recovered in Oklahoma. Um, Well, I have been on this program for 30-something years, and we read those promises all the time. And to be honest with you guys, I just thought they were the promises. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess I thought, you know, when you're abstinent, you're thin, that would happen for you. I didn't realize you had to actually work for the promises. I didn't – I had no idea until I started listening to Vision five years ago that they were the ninth step promises. So, you know, I didn't realize, again, that there was work involved in them and that I had to do the steps to actually start having these things happen for me. So no wonder they never happened, right? 
So um, the other thing, this part of these promises um, are amazing for me. I love the last share because the truth is one of the things I thought that, you know, if I did everything right, if I was absent, if I was working my program, if I was connected with God, I was going to be happy all the time. To me, peaceful, serenity all the time. Well, um, that's not how life is, you know. In, in my short three and a half years, I've finally realized at the age of 55, life ebbs and flows, you know. It's not always going to go my way. And, um, and, and I also didn't know what was going to bring me peace, being a service to other people. You know, it's all about me, as it says, selfish, self-centered to the extreme. And, you know, I used to whine around so much about, you know, I've been in this program for so long, I'm never going to get it, you know, and self-pity, all those kind of things. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, The Jerk, and he used to say, what's my purpose? Well, you know what? I got abstinent. I'm working this program, and I'm actually in a recovered state. And I'm like, I found my purpose. I found my purpose. I actually get to be of service. One of the biggest gifts to me is that I talk to people, and I've been around, and I actually am a um, a message of hope today to not give up, you know, because 30-something years of struggling and finally, finally realizing if I work this program the way it's laid out, that these promises do come true. And I am knowing the word serenity, and I will know, and I am knowing peace. And, yes, sometimes they are fleeting, but you know what? Today I'm not afraid to go in my head alone. I'm comfortable in my own skin, and I never thought I'd have that. And I continue to do this work, and these promises come and go for me, you know. For the most time they're there. Sometimes I get disconnected and I just have to get reconnected. You know how I do that? Through self-sacrifice and service with others as it talks about in Bill's story. And so, you know, I get connected with my God. I get connected with you guys and the promises start coming true again. So I'm just so grateful because I never thought they'd happen for me. And today they are happening. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Kelly S. Leah M., it's your turn. Thank you very much for your service. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Um, I had a lot to learn and apply when I came into the program of recovery um, in 1987. Um, I didn't understand that the greater aspect of my disease resided in my mind. And, uh, you know, I had to understand, for instance, page 52, the bedevilments, those were the promises of my illness. Those were the promises of my disease, kind of the anti-promises of what we read and are speaking about now. Um, you know, the unmanageability with is, with, is within me. That's why the doctor's opinion taught me they are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. I was digging my fists into cellophane bags and boxes seeking that ease and comfort, not understanding um, that, uh, you know, there was going to be a goal in mind with this program of recovery. I mean, you can have a map, and the map can tell you where you're at currently. But what's greatest of greatest importance is to know where you're going. I needed to understand I needed a spiritual awakening, a, an inner resource that would provide a safe harbor for someone like me, someone like me that has a rough time living. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Uh, that's opposite of the way I used to live 
where I couldn't control my emotional natures. Um, Hence, you know, I could be as happy as could be at 10 a.m. and, you know, ready to commit suicide at 3 p.m. You know, the big book talks about uh, that the atmosphere, you know, of the way we live in the 12-step rooms we overcome our excessive concentration upon ourselves. And that's exactly what has happened for someone like me, that after completing steps two through nine, the process of, you know, spiritual transformation has occurred and feelings are relevant in the spiritual realm. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter how life is unfolding. The question for someone like me, the question for someone like me is, God either is or he isn't, Leah. What is your choice to be? Because that wipes out any emotion that I have. Because what is my role in this situation? So that knowledge and that deep understanding and that way of life enables someone like me to live with serenity and and no peace. That doesn't mean I like everything that's going on. It just means I know there's a God in the world who's, uh, orchestrating my life, and can I fit myself to it? And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah M. And who else would like to share this morning? This is Larry. Larry. Tenzin. Tenzin. Hi. Hi, this is Pamela R. B. Pamela. Karen W. Karen. Julie S. Julie, was it Julie? Yeah, Julie S. Julie S. Okay, we've got Larry K., Tenson P., Pamela R. B., Karen W., and Julie S. You're up, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Monica. Thanks so much for your service. The, um, you know, nowadays, um, you know, my brain no longer races compulsively in either elation or grandiosity. That's, that's amazing. Or depression doesn't race compulsively in that direction. Somewhere in the midst of being human, I'm given a, a quiet place. And I remember reading somewhere, Bill Wilson kind of defined it that for him. He wrote an article. He talked about that. He talked about, this was years and years into program, he talked about emotional sobriety as being another frontier for him. That That is for me as well. You know, we hear that we won't rise above the level of um, of human being. And so the spirit, I'll tell you what the spiritual awakening did not promise me. It did not promise me that I would stop being human. Humans bleed, they grieve, they get bored they suffer. Maybe some of those things with a purpose, I don't know, that God job, it's, it's, they're not taking applications for that. I can't figure it all out. I don't know. But I, I, I think I've had to recalibrate my expectations of what the promises would be. I know that I've changed. I know that I continue to change. There's a hope for con- a continuation of that process, you know? I hope that God is never done with me. I do, as Leah said, I, I, as God either is or God isn't. I, I, every day I, I make a choice. I choose that there is some power greater than me that I, I place my trust and reliance uh, upon. 
And I hope that that, I hope that by living these steps, living this way of life to the best of my ability, that I will continue. The process of the spiritual awakening will continue to unfold. There's hope in that for me. I don't know that I'm the best man that I can be. I bet I'm not. I bet there's more in store. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun to kind of wait and see what God has in store for me if I, if I stay on this pathway. I wonder what other promises are not written in here that may unfold. I wonder. My emotional sobriety is different today. It's different today. It's the gift of this program. No, I don't compulsively overeat anymore. That's a great gift. That's the least of the gifts today. It really is. My physical packaging, it's great. The clothes fit better. That's the least of the gifts. My emotional sobriety is different. I can be of service in a, in a way that I couldn't be before. That's probably the greatest promise. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Tenzin P. It's your turn, and then it'll be Pamela R. B. Good morning, everyone. Um, how beautiful to be in, in the promises. Um, I appreciate what everyone has shared and uh, how people have been pointing out that we do the work of steps one through nine as, as we approach the promises. And um, I'm in my ninth step now, and my sponsor reminds me regularly when something happens that is part of a change, a really positive change, because it's not my habit to notice them. So that was the other thing that I wanted to share, is that even um, with gratitude, noticing the tiniest ways um, that these promises can be appearing in my life as a result of the work I'm doing in the steps seems really important to me, uh, because that's another way of cultivating the promises. So gratitude and awareness seems so important in this process. And, and also, as someone else mentioned, in the course of going through the steps, my ideas about what these promises are about has changed. And even, you know, I didn't know how much self-centeredness was a part of my fundamental suffering. So, and that is another thing that has arisen. And so, um, in the course of doing the steps, I'm, I, I really cling to that particular promise. You know, uh, we will, uh, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear and we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. So um, with much gratitude and love, uh, I pass. Thank you, Tenson P. Pamela R. B., it's your turn and then it'll be Karen W. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you, Monica, for your services this morning. I'm Pamela R.B. from Detroit here. I'm so grateful to be on the line this morning. Um, you know, what I love about this, going back up a little further, if we are painstaking, and what is that painstaking process? It is thorough, without a doubt, that house cleaning that I need to do. I mean, that's one of the things I don't like doing is cleaning my house but I can't tell you how great I feel after it's done and the compliments that come afterwards, you know, especially if I do a little redecorating along with it. So to me, that kind of reminds me or puts me in that, in that mindset, you know, I am going to be amazed. Um, You know, this is a wonderful way uh, of living today. You know, this is a design for living. 
that I wish, I only wish many folk within my immediate world uh, would partake of. But that's their issue. Mine is today is to make sure that um, I thoroughly live this program in my life, in every aspect of my life. I'm just a uh, a messenger today, and I thank God for that, to be a messenger today, uh, to be of service to my family, to be of benefit to others. I've watched um, the things that I've gone through in my life. It's, I'm amazed at how, when, the things that I've gone through, how it can benefit another person. It's like I never would have thought me sharing about, you know, some of the, the, the things that have happened in my in my marriage, in my work life, or, or raising children can help another individual. But the book says, you know, nobody can help another uh, alcoholic like an alcoholic, you know. So there are things that I've, I've experienced and who would have guessed that those experiences would be something to help another person. It's often said that there is strength in our weakness, and I, I didn't understand that. But today I get that understanding that when I am, when I'm surrendering, when I am at that point where I totally throw that towel in and I said, I don't know, then I open up the door for the possibility to know because now I'm opening to whatever there is that may help me to go from this this period or this moment of despair to a moment of grace and understanding that will help me. So I'm very grateful this morning to be able to get on the line and just share a few things. I don't know if it makes sense, but I just know how much this has helped me, and these promises are are so true for me today, you know, and I'm grateful for them, and I'm looking forward to the hidden promises too. So thank you all this morning and have a nice day. Thank you, Pamela R.B., Karen Dub. It's your turn, and then it'll be Julie S. Hi, this is Karen W., compulsive overeater from Austin, Texas. Um, I'm really grateful this morning for the vision meetings, and um, the promises are, are very appealing to me, and um, they are kind of what draws me in. Um, because I think, you know, they're part of the good stuff of doing the work. And um, I, uh, I'm i just, I don't really have a lot to say this morning. I'm just um, getting ready to go into work. But um, I'm just glad to be here and be a part and gotten into the phone line. Thank you. Thank you, Karen W. Julie S., it's your turn. Thank you so much, moderator. This is Julie S. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Delray Beach, Florida. Um, good morning to everyone, and thank you so much for your service, Annika. Um, you know, what, what comes to my mind this morning when I'm reading this section on promises is that my disease is a disease of more. So when I read that paragraph, I think to myself, like, gosh, I'm not experiencing all of these things and and are these things in my life did they ever materialize in in my life and um i am um, having the wonderful experience of going through the steps again thank you god and i am writing out my fourth step and what i realized last night as i'm writing this is that some of the biggies 
that were on my fourth step a year ago are not there. And that is a hidden promise. I mean, my mother is not on my inventory, my resentment inventory. That's crazy. I mean, my mother's not there. My ex-husband is not there. So I, I just, I, I think to myself, you know, that this is a hidden promise that um, these were two very, very big resentments that I held on to for years. My mother must be 25 years, my ex-husband for eight years. And those two people are not on my inventory this time because I worked through it the last time. And that is such a gift from God and such um it's just a gift in, in my life that, that I'm able to function as, as a much better version of me because of that. And I'm just so grateful. And, and I have to remind myself that, that, that when I read this paragraph and I'm focusing on what I have not experienced, that is my disease. And that's why I'm still recovering. And I acknowledge that, but that this is a program of progress, not perfection. And that I have progressed in this program and I have received some beautiful, beautiful gifts from this program that enable me in, in, in my life to, to be a better version of me, but also just to, you know, help people around me. You know, I'm, I'm the fact that I've let go of so much anger toward my ex-husband, I can now function in a relationship better. So anyway, um, I just wanted to acknowledge um, that hidden promise. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Julie S. And we've got about a minute and a half. Who would like that? Nancy P. Nancy, go ahead. <clears throat> Hi, thanks for letting me share. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so for my whole life, um, I wanted to be places, not get places. And I also wanted to be get places in comfort and I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to start and stop. I just wanted to be places. And, you know, I never put one foot in front of the other, kept my head down and finished things. And until I used to say, I've been through this process once before and it didn't take. And that was the first time that I had, you know, I mean, I did manage to complete a college degree and I did manage to do some other, I had two children. <laughs> you know, I did that. I stayed married. Um, but I never wanted to enjoy the journey, uh, in spite of, of course, counseling other people to do exactly that. And, um, you know, when I was brought back to, when I was brought to vision through the grace of God and, and broken and bruised and on my knees and desperate, 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 I couldn't do any other thing than to get there and not be there. But I will say that when, when my sponsor, my wonderful, wonderful sponsor and I read through these steps and we got to step nine, when we read those promises, I said, you know, I never thought it would work for me. You know, the directions are clear. And, and I'm a linear thinker. You know, I'm, a, you know, one, then two, then three. I like to write things down of, you know, how to get the things finished, projects. Um, I said, I never thought it would work. But, you know, if you do it one step at a time, it, it works. It really does. And, um, you know, I everybody that shared anything is completely right. It's not every minute of every day that I'm, you know, happy, joyous, and free and serene Time. and skipping through a field of daisies. Thank you. But most days it is. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you all very much for your service. Thank you, Nancy P. And with that, 
our hour has come to a close here so very quickly once again and thank you to everyone who has shared please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing and our share ID for today Tuesday July 10th is 11,640 11640 we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer and Russ M would you read for us please from a vision for you good morning Monica thank you for your service good morning family Russ M recover compulsive reader outside of four our, our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely need some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.